0: Welcome to the Film Crew Love Podcast. Let's have some fun. Welcome to the Film Crew Love Podcast, where we discuss the labor of film love and the love of film labor. I'm your host, M-Hotep. I am joined today by friends and colleagues in the industry. The premier location manager of my career is Allison Taylor. Say hello, Allison. Hello. (laughs) Allison and I go back, uh, I think, Southland, which is over a decade ago, close to a decade ago. Wow. Um, Yeah. She uh, has a great energy a history for the city of Los Angeles and the uh, country. Um, she's done insecure straight out of Compton. Uh, a lot of stuff in Georgia. Tell me what you've been on recently, Allison. Uh
1: most recently I just finished the Underground Railroad um a limited series for Amazon with Barry Jenkins. Excellent. I, yeah.
0: Savannah, Georgia, somewhere, right?
1: Well, I started in Savannah and then um we we were actually all over Georgia. So the first part of it was Savannah and then I was based out of Atlanta but we shot in all sorts of um, towns around Atlanta and around Savannah.
0: So for you, I mean, you also done New York, you've done, you're all over. Um, do you prefer location? Obviously location. You prefer a distant location, LA. Uh, what do you look forward to as far as location manager? What is there, if you had a choice, if someone calls you for a job?
1: Well, at this point, I actually prefer distant location. I, um, I had a background in international tourism when I got in this business 25 years ago, and I thought that I would continue traveling um, with the job. But then, you know, I had my kids and I didn't want to leave. So I spent the first 20 years working in pretty much Southern California and so once, um, once my youngest child had gone off to college, then I was ready to start hitting the road. So now I'm, now I'm okay. I like to see some different places and do different things. This, this last stretch, I was gone for a long time, so I'm kind of happy to be here for a minute. But, uh, but generally, at this point, in my career, I'm, I like to leave.
0: Yes. <clears throat> and you knew it, I had never knew that background international travel. Wow. So. That explains a lot for you. You've always said if I ever wanted to take a trip like to Africa or something, that you would help put that together for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I, and that's always in the back of my mind. So, <laughs> you know, under current circumstances, I'm going to move that up the list now that I know that your skill set is international travel. <laughs>
1: that's right.
0: Come on. Um, so, talk about uh, some of the projects that were the most rewarding and uh, what was the most challenging and why some of the projects, I mean, you do a in time. Uh, you got all kinds of stuff underground roller. you mentioned something that Tell me a challenging project, uh, and tell me in a rewarding project and why.
1: Okay. Um, it seems like, boy, it seems like everything I do is challenging. I, I have yet to get those, those easy. Um, <laughs> I have yet to just get an easy, easy project, but, um, I would say, and it's ironic because it's not because I'm just coming off of this um, project, but this one that I just completed the underground railroad was, was very challenging for me. It's, you know, it's based on a novel written by Colson Whitehead. He actually won a Pulitzer prize and a um, national book award for it. Um, And it is a, it is not Harriet Tubman, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a slavery based novel but it's the journey of a slave um, as she escapes from a Georgia plantation and works her way through South Carolina and North Carolina uh, Tennessee Indiana you know and and for me um, you know when I first took the project I well first I said no because I didn't want to do slavery um, and then the producer asked me to read the book and then I came back and I was also very excited that it was Barry Jenkins but it required a lot of um things that I hadn't quite done you know I had to build roads into places um we were shooting we had a lot of safety issues on this one we w- we were shooting in a swamp we were shooting out in the middle of nowhere trying to get roads to where we uh were and we were in a lot of heat, a lot of bugs, a lot of old things, and it was all packaged in the South and in towns where there was a lot of Confederate flags and things that threw me off on my, you know, on my regular day-to-day journey. So I think that this one really it really made me exercise every aspect of the job. You know, I was driving two hours from one location to the next location and, um, they made me work hard on this one. I think it was, I think it was probably one of the most challenging. I think I used every outside contractor I could think of, um, from arborist to, you know, structural engineers and water testing and, um, it was just challenging being in the element, I think um I was out of shape. that would have helped had I been in shape when I started the show but um but it was also super rewarding because the book is incredible and Barry Jenkins is a genius he is just a an absolute genius, and he was writing and directing, so he adapted the book for the the television series it's a it's a nine part Series for Amazon, and just watching him work just was—it um, was absolutely unbelievable for me. I mean,
0: that's that—that that, you know, I love this. I know I agree with your slavery initial reaction to that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but the story—I uh, do know the author Colson Whitehead, um, mm-hmm. and I do remember that book coming out. Um, but the story that in his hands, I feel comfortable with that. Right. Right. And, you know, and I know you were down there uh, and I know that you don't take <clears throat> any liberties to get the authenticity of these things. Uh, so I'm, I am look forward to checking that out. Um, I guess before we go deeper, I want to give a overall for those people who don't know what a location manager does. You know, I lean on them heavy uh, in my skill set. You know, producers do, the director, you know, but for the average person who's kind of curious, uh, give me uh, overall what a location manager does uh, in the scope of uh, filmmaking.
1: Well, thank you for asking me that, because you're right. A lot of people have we're we're sort of an unseen department and a lot of people don't realize that we actually exist. Um, But our. Our department is basically a two-part job. We have um, two roles on any production, and the first half of the job is our creative half. And in the creative half, we are the department that scouts and and finds all of the locations that a project is going to film at. So if the script has a restaurant written, a car chase, a you know, a beach, uh, anything, a fancy house, whatever. Our job is to go find options that uh, match the script and the designer and the director help them tell the story. So we get directed from them. We go find it and we um, present it to them and then they make the final selections. Um, So we do get to enjoy a really, really creative part of the job. We go out, we take photos, we get to go all over the place trying to trying to find what's right and then once the locations have been selected then we jump into our second phase of our job which is logistics and I always like to explain that as basically the same skill set as an event planner so if you look at every location on a film project or a television project whatever music video um, each location is like a separate event. So we take it from beginning to end. We negotiate a deal for the location or the venue. Um, we then get it all booked up. We make sure they get paid. And then we set up police fire. We pull permits. We figure out where the trucks can park and where the crew can park and where the lunches can be served and where all the background actors can be held uh, where we just sort of logistically set up everything at, at that point and everything from trash to air conditioning and, and security. So uh, we have a twofold job. So we usually come on in the very beginning and we are sort of last to finish.
0: Um, that's, that's my you, That is beautifully described. So, <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know if you know how happy I am to hear your voice and to hear you, you have answered this question Plenty of times before, I could tell and you. I, I That's, my you That's my
1: I elevator. That's my elevator version.
0: <laughs> yes, I missed you, Allison. Man, all right. So, with that being said, <clears throat> I got a crush on Allison. I love her spirit, <laughs> uh, creativity. You mentioned, which is very important. Uh, the work environment or the money. If you had to rank those three, uh, they might be different than you were when you were, when you started or somewhere halfway through. Uh, the first part of your career, but if you had to rank them uh, as you are currently in 2020, creativity, work environment, and money of a location manager, rank those and why? Uh,
1: you know, you're absolutely right. That does shift over the course of a career. Uh, so you're right. But at this point, uh, 25 years in, I rank my work environment first and by work environment in this case I mean the people I'm working with I, I rank that as number one at this point point. Um, and I don't know I don't know you know I think creativity and creativity and money they might they might be equal. So let me, mm. let me just clarify that. Well, it might shift in a year because my youngest daughter just graduated college. So I was still paying for college. So money was important. I know I guess it's creativity because I've taken some jobs with another set of people that I love and um, I don't always get my, my normal rate but I love the projects that they do and, and who they are. So it, so I want to believe that it's money, but it's not, it goes, at this point, it goes work environment, creativity, and then money. Gotcha. Which is distinctly different from 15 years ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you, <clears throat> you do mostly uh, films now. I mean, you did TV for a while. If you've done, if you had the write- right, your order of preference: uh, television, film, commercials, or music videos. Uh, do they? Is there any hierarchy in those? Does it matter? As you,
1: my uh, preference point- is certainly film at this yes. point. However, you'll find that I still, I still do some television. So, for instance, the project I just did was actually a television project, but we shot it more as a feature. It had one director and it was, you know, but technically it's a limited series for television, but the way it was handled was more in line with feature work. When I first went to Savannah, I was doing a feature. And then I happened to already be there when they called me uh, for this job. So, but I also still dabble with insecure. I absolutely love that show. And that is the only television show that I have done in the last I'm trying to think what television show I did before that. So I think I did the pilot of snowfall and I haven't done any television since then other than, uh, insecure and insecure is hard work. And at this point, this last season, I just consulted on it because I was gone. Uh, so I couldn't be there, but, uh, I love insecure, but beyond that television, I think I'm television is hard work. It's fast paced. As you know, you shoot a lot of pages every day. Um, We bounce around, you know, locations, multiple locations in a day. And I think at this point in my career, I like to have more upfront prep time. I like to, I like to be given the time to do my job properly. I like the pace better of, of features so that's my number one. Number two would be television. Number three would be commercials. And I say that because I really don't have that much experience with commercials. And um and I just they're just not my cup of tea. And then music videos. Music videos beat me up a little bit in the beginning of my career. So uh I have PTSD from
0: yeah. music video work. <laughs> I think everyone on this that I've interviewed to this point put music videos last except for one uh, DP. You Remember Todd? He put him yeah. up higher because they were able to creatively express but uh, no.
1: Well, you know <laughs> what I also find with music videos from the location manager perspective or from the scouting yeah. is that people call music video producers call you and say we're trying to shoot a video next Wednesday. right? And any more The permitting process, the ability to find the look like I just don't need that stress. I I don't want to try to call and beg favors to try to get a permit pulled when, in fact, I'm not meeting the required amount of time and all of that. So they just they just don't give you time to to do them properly, in my opinion.
0: Yes. And then locations that I've learned um, is time is essential decision making, script. Yeah. decision-making with the location to give you guys enough time to permit. Uh, <clears throat> all right, yeah, and so I did visit the set on Insecure. I knew you were down in Georgia. I did visit when they were on the block party, and I thought about right. It. And uh, <clears throat> I actually knew the young brother, I forget his name. Um, I got a, I got his number on my phone. He actually lives in Inglewood. What's the brother's name?
1: In my department? Yeah. Was it Tony? Uh, Not Tony yeah, Ware. Tony Ware. Yeah, yeah Ware. Brother Ware, yeah. 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 Tony.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mm-hmm. went to his house uh, for something, another project. Yeah, um, and I'm Tony's so,
1: a great guy. He's been on Insecure since the uh, since the beginning, since the first season.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, what makes you choose a job? Uh, you mentioned, um, you know, being able to travel. You mentioned being in a good work environment. Uh, someone calls you today. If you get two calls today uh, from different shows or different jobs, what? Which one would sound best to you? What would make you take a job over another one?
1: Well, that's interesting.
0: You know, because initially it was like, I don't want to do slavery, right? And then you read the book and you see, oh, Barry's with it. So maybe some people.
1: Well, and you know, it's funny because I knew it was Barry Jenkins when she called me. And I was like, Uh ooh, you know, but then she said the Underground Railroad. And I said, oh. You
0: already know. I'm yes. like,
1: yeah, I'm not really trying to do 12 Years a Slave. And right. she said, read the book. Read yeah. the book. So, And then I read it. So, like, right now, I just finished a book and I know they're making a movie about it and I'm I'm saying to myself, I've got to be on this movie. I've got to find it. Can
0: you talk on it? Which um, one is it?
1: Well, it's called um, Children of um, Blood and Bone. Mm. Um, I'm not on it. I don't have the slightest idea. I just... I it, it's in development. It's um Disney, I think. Okay. Um, I think they're the, it's Disney through somebody else, but I have to look, but I'm getting ready to try desperately to see who the location manager is on that because I would love to do it. I'm sure it won't be easy, but it would give me such fulfillment. Now, back to your question. If I got two calls today, it would depend on what producer called me, uh, what Project it is, and where it is, because there's certain factors, so for instance, when we're filming in Los Angeles, Los Angeles is very expensive to work in, and it it is a struggle for me to do a low budget project in Los Angeles, and I sort of took myself to a point in my career. Where I, did, I did a show that I refer to as the unmentionable mm-hmm. and after it I sat down with myself and said okay you have to set some parameters on the things you work on. You have to 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 establish a minimum budget if you're going to work in Los Angeles. You can work for a lower budget project outside of here but just the permits and police and fight you know the basics here cost money so i evaluated like that i'll read a script and see how many locations there are in how much and how many days the the producers telling me they <laughs> they want to film it and I, I i think it's just this i think that i have earned the right at this time to have a peaceful, if I can say that, because you know, Tep, that right. it's, always, it's always something with the movie business. But to be able to have enough money to do the project properly, to be able to have the right size department, uh, all of that is just far better um, For me. So that's kind of how I would make the decision. Those factors like, do Mm -hmm. I want to be beat up or do I want to, um, I want to be able to ultimately, I want to be able to do a good job. Ultimately, I want to perform and I want to have people want to hire me again. And I know what it takes anymore when I read a script. I know what it's going to take to make it happen, and so I have to stick with that.
0: That's because that's golden. Mm-hmm. The project that will be unnamed. I'll tap in later on that one. <laughs> <coughs> um, let's talk about a job that you passed on that you regret not taking,
1: mm.
0: and, and then also think of—I guess you can refer to that show that will be not be unnamed. Uh, uh, talk about a job that you took that you said ah, I should pass on this one or maybe you opted out once you landed um, you don't have to name that job on there unless you want to but no, the job I, that you passed I, I refer to it on, as the unmentionable yeah. Yeah. yeah the one that you passed on is there something that you passed on that you man, I, I could have worked on that mm,
1: actually I passed on one I don't actually regret passing on it but I really, really wanted to do it. And I really, really, um, and it was that Denzel movie, Roman J Esquire. Yes. I read the script and I had the opportunity to meet the director. I thought the director was fantastic. And I thought the script was great. And I, and I could tell that he had written it with Denzel Washington in mind. Um, and when I saw the, I went to see the movie as soon as it came out and um, loved it. But it was one of those cases where the producer and I could not agree on the size of my department. Hmm. So I was going to accept that job, but we could not. So here's something you yeah. understand this. Here's yeah. something. This is what happens. You get hired on a job and you say, okay, I'm going to need a department of six. I mean, I could break that down for you, keys and whatever. But for for the sake of this interview, say, I need a department of six. And the producer says, well, I'm going to give you three. And you say, But I know in order to do this, I need six. And then the old Allison, uh, who was insecure and afraid that if she passed on jobs, would never get another one, would go ahead and say, "Okay, fine, I'll make it work. And then it's not working. And then you're scrambling. And then what are you doing? You're not doing a good job because you knew what resources you needed to do it well and you're not given that. And then they're looking at you and, you know, this business has a nature of passing on the blame. Mm -hmm. So then it becomes your fault, you know, and inevitably what those people do is they either, um, they either let you go and then give the next person the right size department or on their next job, they do it the right way. And they shift the blame to uh, the person doing it, you know, handling it. So I had, I really knew that um, I really knew that I, that that show could not be done with that little tiny department. Now, as it turns out, the person they hired, I think they did give that person one more, person. Um and they all got beat up. I you know, we all talk. Um we all know what happens and and then they did the the producer on that movie did not turn around and hire that team on the next project. You see? Right. So it's a tricky it's a tricky game and at this point I'm just at a place where I'd rather not fight it out like that. So I would say that would be one that I wished I had done because I really did want to do it. I I really did want to do that because I just loved the script. But um but I don't regret not doing it because um because yeah, I know I guys, would have been no, at, you,
0: you know what's required. That's um, Yeah.
1: So it's not quite what you asked me no, but that's, that's how I feel about that. one.
0: These are all gold, sister. This is all gold and do you normally uh, six, which you—that's your comfort spot there. Just no, I
1: just—I I just actually made that number up. It depends, number on okay. depends on the project. I mean, the gotcha. the job I just did had fifteen people, just like when I did a Wrinkle in Time. Right. You know, if you're doing a hundred million dollars something, you have a big department. Right. If uh, but generally speaking, um, you do have—I think Insecure runs with about eight you know, but it's, I mean, insecure is location heavy. Um, So you, you know, the drill you with episodic television, you have to have, you have to have somebody scouting while, you know, you have to have somebody uh, episode ahead while you're shooting what you are. So, so you just have to evaluate each thing. Sometimes you're on a, a job and there's three locations that don't, you know, a movie that you go and you settle in at a location for a long time. And so it doesn't require as many people, but it just depends on what, you know, that's where your department, that's when I see a schedule from the assistant directors and I have a script seeing how many locations, that's where I, that is what I look at to say, Oh, this is what I'm going to need to do this. And that's why those relationships, you know, The first AD, second AD, the production designer and the production manager are the critical location, the relationships for a location manager. Um, And if we're not getting along with the AD department, oh, and of course, the teamsters, the captain, the the coordinator. But if if we don't have a, a good working relationship with those departments, then it's just a bust. It can't be done. So, um, so that's,
0: that's, you guys go, sis, let's go. Um, (laughs) uh, I want to ask you, you've been in the game over 20 years. Um, as you came up or even today, who you consider your colleagues or your, I call them OGs in the industry, people that you, uh, look for, for either advice or inspiration or feedback or, you know, um, is there a tree of people, are they in the industry that you lean on for this?
1: I have one super mentor um, Kukai Ampa. I am proud to call myself his protege. Um, he is my mentor. He is who I call all the time for everything. Kukai uh, is retired now as um, he's producing some things himself, but he's retired as a location manager. But um, He's just a wonderful, wonderful guy. When I first started, um, I was a brand new assistant. And this was, you know, back in, I don't know, 90. I started in maybe 95. Uh, so uh, people started saying, hey, have you met Kakai?" Hey, have you met Kakai?" And I was like, who is this Kakai guy? And um, then I found out that he was a black man. So I said, oh, I get it. They're like, do you know the other black person that does Mm -hmm. this job? You know, Uh, but then it turned out that it wasn't just that he was black. That was a big help. But it was also that he was outstanding at his job. And Kakai's resume is just so full of so many things. But I could tell you his very first feature was the color purple. Mm. Okay, he's done Shawshank Redemption. He's done a host of the um, Clint Eastwood movies you know he's I mean his resume is just unbelievable and so to tell you how long ago it was I started writing him letters hoping that he would answer me because I'm like hi my name's Allison I'm new and people tell me I should know you so finally he called me and so he he trained me Mm. and um and I feel like everything that I do I try to do a for myself so that I have a good reputation and a, and a strong work ethic, but I also like to represent him well because I tell people all the time that he trained me. So I better be good at my job, but he is my, he is my go-to. Um, he's definitely my go-to in the, in the business. Wow. The guy now helpful. I do have some, I do have some colleagues. Current colleagues, I'm on the board of the Location Managers Guild International, and through that, I have some colleagues that, um, that you know are what we call the big time location managers that do all the big, you know, the marvels and all the big stuff. And, um, I have a great working relationship with them, I talk to them about a lot of um, things, okay. but but he's my my go to, my OG, OG. nice. Mm-hmm.
0: OK, um, so what, what kind of production team are you looking for? I mean, are, you know, as you assemble your location team, you go to Georgia and you mm-hmm. have this script of a runaway slave. And do you know what uh, you, There's some things you know about Atlanta and Georgia and Savannah and some things you are not aware of and some people that you want representing you as you go forward to create uh, the locations that are feasible for shooting? Uh, Talk about your team and how you put that together.
1: Well, my team, it's, you know, you start with, well, A, you start with the LMGI because we have a directory of professional people all over the world. And so I'm always going to start by trying to see if there's an LMGI member uh, that's qualified, available, all of that. Then I'll start just talking to people. Those those other LMGI members that I'm referencing that I work that I'm on the board with or on committees with, I'll start calling those people saying, Have you um do you know some good people in Atlanta or like I did a job in Buffalo and I wasn't unable to get any referrals from anyone because no one I knew had worked in Buffalo. I remember. And and so I had to I worked with the film commissioner. Uh they had a Film, little film program there. Um, I worked with the film commissioner to get a list of people and then I just started interviewing and um, trying to find people to uh, help me out. Now, in a case like that, when you're coming into a, a really new place that's really now starting to try to get the film business there, it is mm-hmm. sometimes allowable to bring in someone from, you know, another three ninety nine person. So in the case of Buffalo, I was allowed to bring in a couple of people that were my regular crew that I worked with here because we needed some super experienced people. And then, um, and then I got some good, I got some really good people there that learned a lot and had a lot of improvement. Um, I think they're, you know, still, they're still working because Buffalo's doing a lot, but um yeah, I had to I had to bring in some but basically I just I use the resources that are there the film commissions word of mouth the LMGI members uh it's a good good network to be able to talk to people and say have you ever worked in this place and what do you know who do you know
0: yeah to me since you've been in the game over 20 years now I'm sure you have <clears throat> your own tree of uh young proteges and uh aspiring location managers or location managers uh keys um if i um ask them what they learned from Allison or hopefully what you instilled in them uh as they go forward and you know your name's on their resume uh, what do you think what are the skill sets that that uh are required? <laughs>
1: I tell you what, they could all tell you put it in writing.
0: Mm, yes, I, I, I remember you said that to me several times.
1: I And I put it on the wall. I printed out and put it on the wall first day of work. Put it in writing. This is a tricky business on um, both sides because understanding that we deal with crew and we deal with the real world and people always have selective amnesia when it comes to what was agreed upon and a follow-up email is always the answer because when there is nothing in writing you have no leg to stand on and so i have preached put it in writing to everyone and when when something falls apart and i'm saying well show me the email or show me the and then there's a blank face then it's like well I don't know what to tell you. So put it in writing is huge. I would hope that uh, people have learned to anticipate things. Um, That's something that I learned from Kakai. We all know things change. We all know that we go out there on the scout and it looks like this. And then by the tech scout, it looks bigger than that. Or it looks another direction or it looks and you always want to sort of stay a few steps ahead, anticipating, which comes with from experience. You can't really just start that because you haven't been through it. But as you grow in the in the job, you learn, OK, OK they're gonna end up wanting to do this or they're gonna see this or they they're going to this is what's going to happen on the day so i need to be prepared for that um and that's and just trying to stay a couple of steps ahead of of what the company is thinking and um i, I think and then there i mean i try to hire people that are full of integrity mm. i never lie about anything ever um, there might be harsh truths, but the one thing that everybody um, would say about me and hopefully as they become managers and everything themselves is I will stand on the carpet for my team. I will take the hit. I'm responsible for everybody in that department. And so if something is not right, then that's on me and I don't let anybody beat up on my team Um, but I also have to just admit like I messed it up so even down to the basics like we're in Los Angeles and if you're late to this meeting please don't tell me it's traffic because there's traffic all the time so just say I'm late I I, poor time management this morning I, I would rather hear that and be done with it than any sort of a million excuses for things. And I, and I see through excuses. I'm a mother, so <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't want to hear any of that nonsense. And so I think that's it. I just that anticipate, put it in writing, be a straight shooter and um, you know, come with a strong work ethic. That's, that's pretty much it for me.
0: Yeah. That's money. it's um, <clears throat> part of the, segment is called This Might Offend My Political Connects. So <laughs> uh, as I ask these next three questions, uh, it's basically who's underrated, who's overrated, and who's properly rated. And I'm not specifically looking for people. It could be uh any aspect of the industry that you see. Uh, people have referenced department positions that are underrated or overrated. People that referenced location versus stage. People have referenced uh anything in their department uh, that's overrated, underrated, or properly rated?
1: Well, I'm going to say that the location department is underrated. I'm starting with underrated because that is the truth across the board. That is what those of us in the LMGI, we have been working hard to gain some respect in our for our department, Mm -hmm. because we do a lot of work. We have a, you know, every, every department is critical, but for some reason, we have been the most disrespected. It took the LMGI to get us our own category on um, IMDB. We used to be just rated as it went from either miscellaneous to other, or went from other to miscellaneous. But As big a job as we do, we were in just the miscellaneous category. And so we finally got a location management category after fighting for it. Uh, We just, for some reason, can't. And even in your department, while we're talking, I'll say this. I'm going to talk about the AD department. Now, the first AD and normally the second AD have a complete understanding of what it is that we do because they're there for a long time they see all the preliminary creative side and they have a respect for it then we start getting second seconds and additional people and all this who think that our entire job is making sure the restroom is functioning and whatever and they always hit us with it why can't we this why can't we that without understanding that we deal with people in the real world who could care less about the film industry and that we have worked hard to get the people to even allow us to be on their property or to anything. And the lack of understanding of what it is that we actually do um, is amazing to me. So the shooting crew so often just disrespects the location department um because they show up and they expect everything they think everything is a backlot, you know yes. and it and it's not and so that that is to me part of our plight i mean we we even still come in the credits we're under everybody's assistant to this person assistant to that it's amazing how um for the For the big job that we do, how we just can't get any <clears throat> any credit excuse me wow. so so that's my pit, my thing about underrated you know here's an ironic thing yesterday an article came out in the in the l a Times about insecure and it this and the whole story and it was a wonderfully written um, article right and the article was about how l a is like a character in the show, right, and they interviewed the d p they interviewed the production designer, they interviewed one of the writers who's now one of the producers, and all this stuff. they did all the not one person, not one anything mentioned not we did not even by name any of the I location see. people, but they didn't even mention the location department. I see it. they didn't even mention you know all the credit went to the designer you know all of that i mean it's just an amazing an amazing thing the disregard for the fact that there was an entire department you know that block party you showed up to who do you think uh, is no the question. block party no question you know, so 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 yes the designer designed it But even the locations that are, you know, and it's really funny because I'm looking at the article and I saw um, I saw them the picture of Molly and Issa sitting at pans. Now, mind you, sidebar. I love all those people. I love Issa and Melina and all that group. Um, They call me auntie. I've had a great relationship with them. But it's funny because I remember when I suggested pans. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) I remember, you know, and Issa knows LA really well. So a lot of times things are written with things in the script. Right. um, And then oftentimes they have to be changed because they're impractical and, and we come up with an alternative, but it's the knowing of the environment that allows me to say, Oh, okay. How about this? And how about that? And um, there's just so much in there, but, you know, I was consulting this season, so you know, that's one thing. But just the mere fact that no one even said the location department helps with this. You know, we appreciate our lo- nothing. And when and when um when the Oscars uh remember years ago when the um LA uh, what's that called La La Land yes. one and the director thanked the first AD for closing the freeway. Yeah, you know, and right. the whole location world was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, you're thanking the first AD for asking the location department to get the freeway closed, right? <laughs> because who closes the freeway? Right. We do. So, um, okay, that's my tirade about. No, I know,
0: I, mean, I want you. I, I want all this. I want all this, <laughs> I, you know. I just- um, I it's work.
1: a thing for us, though. And it's funny because it's not like we walk around looking for, like, we're doing our jobs. We're getting paid. We're not running around saying, please pat us on the back. We are trying to be understood for our contribution, both logistic and creative. Right. And and then when, when you think in terms of a director not understanding. Now, here's a plus on a director not understanding. When I did A Wrinkle in Time. Mm-hmm. See, Ava DuVernay, she's a rock star. She's just like a rock star. And we were up in Northern California, up in a state park, and and we were walking her through. We were getting ready ready to start filming, and we'd been doing all our prep. And as we're going through, we go all the way to the back to where we had set up this giant tent for catering and all that kind of stuff in the middle of, like, this forest, right? And... Ava she looked around and then she said who sets this up who does all of this and you know we were like well we do you know locations and she said okay because Ava actually cares to acknowledge people right. everybody in the everybody on that film set she pays attention to who has done what what your contribution is, what your name is. And she likes to recognize the work that people are putting in. So she'll stop and ask that question. Yes. You know, and, um, and so I, I give credit for that because she didn't know, you know, she said the whole time she was doing a wrinkle in time, you know, she had leapt from Selma to wrinkle. And so she would joke about, um, We didn't have this kind of a budget on my last film. Um, So she was not, she's very, very comfortable with herself. And so she was not, she wouldn't worry about asking a question. She never felt like this makes me look a certain sort of way. She just asked the question and get an answer and moves on. And I'll never forget her asking who set up that whole thing because it was, it was, it was work. Right. You know what? It's like you're in the middle of a forest and you've got a tent and air conditioners and pathways to get to it and figuring out where the catering's got to, you know, park and be able to cook. I mean, it's a whole thing. And um, she recognized it. But we we struggle on that. Now, you also asked who's overrated. Um Let me think. It could be a department or a person or anything. Or what or where.
0: Yeah. I mean, something that you say. oh, here we go. Right. Um, You know, or property. Yeah. Associate producers. There There you go.
1: You know, um, you know. Let me ask you this,
0: though. I want you to expound on that in a second. But I often think, I might have talked to you about this. Maybe, uh, Another location manager that I work with. I think producer credits are essential for you all for location heavy things. And I think, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know, you know about the guild uh, requirements and, you know, however you negotiate with these producers. But I think, you know, after working on Southland and then I've been on 911 and I, I know what you do, and I'm thinking these location managers are producers. Right. So
1: that's how I feel. Thank you very much for that. Yeah.
0: You know, I love location. So that's, so <laughs> I don't understand. So that's, I, you know, that's a side conversation, but as you talk about social producers that are over it, I can see, you know, um that slot easily being a location manager as a producer. So you get all the calls in the press, you get the phone calls from the neighbors, you get, you know, all the different things. Um
1: mm-hmm.
0: And I love how you broke it down. Creative and logistics um but go ahead uh overrated associate producer
1: well that's because an associate producer could mean anything
0: right.
1: you know in in theory it is an excellent way to get somebody moving into the producing branch of the job you know it's an excellent transition and i have so on the positive side i've worked with associate producers who really are, are doing entry level producing work. And, and you look at them and go, all right, now one of these days I'll be working for her. But very often they're handed out like candy to people that you can't understand why they have them. And, but because they have producer on their thing, there's a hierarchy And now there's a level of respect that you're supposed to, you're supposed to include them in things and they're, and they're not. Um, And this is throughout my 25 years, you know, that I have seen just like, oh, I see you're his friend. And so you're getting an associate producer title. And now you're walking in here and I'm basically teaching you everything you need to know. Um, And I'm still going to, Roll up in the credits at the bottom, and you're gonna be way up here, and you know nothing. So, um, I think associate producers are absolutely um, overrated. (laughs) And then, what was the last one? Properly rated,
0: Um, like someone that you uh, uh, you mentioned Ava, as if you know she's the
1: business. Well, Ava and Barry, yeah. Um, they are uh, because I've discovered that Barry Jenkins um, for him to be so new in the game people absolutely love him and his work and I absolutely see why he um, he's just let me tell you one day he had, he was doing a rewrite on one of the um, one of the uh, episodes right and we went in for you know, concept meeting, right? And he had decided that he didn't like the version that we all had. So we go in there, we sit at the table, and he says, I was thinking about this all night. This isn't, don't read this, turn this over. Then he said, this is how it's going to go. And he literally sat there and told the story, like a storyteller. Like everyone at the table was completely silent. And he told us a story and it was beautiful. But he basically said, this is how I'm going to write it. It's going to go something like this. And then we sat there and listened to him tell a story i mean and a really really moving story Mm -hmm. to where at the end he was like allison are you gonna cry he said come here i I need to give you a hug because i was sitting there like i cannot believe he is telling us and i'm visualizing exactly so we had a whole new version of what was going to happen and i thought now that is a creative person right there that is somebody Who And then he goes out and you know when you're scouting with him and you're watching him say and he stands there quietly for a while and then he and then he makes a decision and you see him seeing it happen. Just uh, and on top of it he's just lovely. Mm. Very very nice. Very thoughtful. Very pleasant and funny and uh, very approachable. He's all of those things. So I think that I have never heard anything but something great about him and I think that he absolutely uh, lived up to it and um, and you know Ava Ava is the same Ava, it, Ava's story is different right. for me but but right now if I'm going to pick one that's, that I'm going to say that about
0: Probably ready. I'm going to pick him yes okay. um so name um I got a couple more questions here. Name one strength that you have and name one thing you want to work on. Um I
1: think a strength that I have is I have very thick skin and mm-hmm. um and I am I feel I'm very good at self-evaluation and I and I I spend a lot of time looking into myself to see what role I played in something that maybe did not go as well as I wanted to. I try to always self-evaluate rather than searching for someone to blame it on. I have to, to evaluate my role in it and then say, okay, how can I Improve this next time. Where am I slipping? And so that I think, um, just from a personal, personal place, I am proud that I am able to do that. I, I I spend a lot of time on self evaluation, um, with the goal, of course, implementing <clears throat> implementing change after the fact. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then, with respect to um, on my job, my weakest—I think my weakest skill is my photography, and I hate to say that out loud. Mm.
0: Um,
1: <clears throat> I am, I am really great at, and anymore, I function as a location manager and a supervising location manager. So typically, I'm hiring scouts. However, I do still scout and I'm really great at the research. I'm really great at finding it. I'm really great at seeing it. I am always, I just don't feel like my photography is where it is. And I even went and took a, paid a ton of money and took a six week photography class at the LA Center of Photography as I worked toward improving my, my skill there, um, but I think that's the, I mean, my photos aren't bad. Nobody ever looks at them and says, hey, who took this? Right. You know, <laughs> but I just want them, you know, I work with some scouts who take incredible photos and I want to be one of those people. Um, but I think my my s- skill is more on the management side than the technical photography piece of it so i'm trying to up my technical skills just across the board my use of technology and you know i need to get that camera off auto
0: and i was <laughs> yeah yeah gotcha <laughs> gotcha um i'm gonna go down i'm gonna treat you like i treated dwight uh when i talked to him and just go down a few of your credits and I, you just give me three words to describe your time on that project that that you remember um, as you think back on that. So, I mean, I can start as this goes in chronological order here. Uh, you mentioned, uh, um, what is the t- untitled project that you're on that's uh, down in Georgia? Is, it, is there a title yeah. to it?
1: No, that was the Underground Railroad. Oh, it's called I Underground did.
0: Railroad. Okay.
1: At, right, the Underground Railroad. And I also did, Um, I don't know if you actually have my resume, but just before that, what I did was The Glorious, which was the Gloria Steinem uh, movie. Okay.
0: All right, so three words uh, for the Underground Railroad. Mm. Um,
1: fulfilling. Fulfilling. Difficult and amazing.
0: Nice. Uh, Let's do uh, Wrinkle in Time.
1: Wrinkle in Time. Um, Three words. Let's see. Uh, Challenging beautiful and that was also fulfilling
0: okay uh, Insecure
1: Insecure is fun um, Insecure is satisfying um, and Insecure is also Frustrating.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's do straight out of Compton.
1: Uh, (laughs) Straight out of Compton. Um, Crazy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Woof. It's like, I just want to say, are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, Straight Out Compton was crazy. It was um, hard. And it was um... We're talking about the experience, not the final project. You know, I just right? want you
0: to look back at it. When you think back at that thing, this is just you.
1: Exhausting.
0: There you go. I've been waiting for you to use that one. Yeah. <laughs> that one was exhausting. Okay. Uh, a couple more. Um, the soloist. Um,
1: soloist. The soloist was um, emotional and draining. And
0: <laughs> painful. <laughs> there we go. Now we get into it. All right, last one.
1: Yeah, because yeah. now that I'm understanding, you're telling me to put myself back into put the that, time exactly, of it, exactly. That that kind of changes the yes. That changes it a little bit for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. Last one. Southland.
1: Southland was. Um I love Southland. Southland was great. <laughs> Southland was um I have a couple of I I have like hyphenated words like okay. I would either call it high energy or fast yeah. paced.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. You know,
1: fast paced. Um and um and fun
0: yeah
1: I had a lot of fun on Southland
0: there it is Allison Taylor ladies and gentlemen uh location manager 25 year veteran producer and her titles going forward uh let them know <laughs> we're negotiating for everything she needs uh any last words thank you to the people
1: no thank you for um Thank you for putting me on this. I, I fun, appreciate right? being able to talk about what we do. Yeah, no I know? love So it. yes, it's fun.
0: I love the film you. crew. Absolutely. Uh, it's the Film Crew Love podcast, it's the love of film labor, the labor of film love until next time.